Hi guys, welcome back to the Fight Podcast with Sharir and with me, Jan. Hi Sharir, how are you? Hi Jan, how are you doing? <laughs> I asked you first. You I tell am, me how you're doing. I'm always good, you know that. <laughs> can't, com can't complain. Is how that so? Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. it is so. Why not? You look good. Well, I, I was born that way. Oh, <laughs> you did the thing. <laughs> you know, when I was born, I slapped the doctor. You slapped the doctor? He said, no one touches me. And then I was like, come on mom, I'll drive you home. <laughs> and you got a pizza? Well, we stopped for a falafel on the way. <laughs> That's specific. <laughs> so, guys, little change up. In the last episodes, we talked about one opponent. We talked about one source of danger. So this episode, we thought we'd switch it up. We, we need to talk about multiple attackers. This is something that is important in all of, pretty much all of, combat um, training whether it be shooting whether it be um, like just everyday casual civilian a situation at a bar whatever um, this is something that is important and that makes combat training different from martial arts in martial arts you usually only have one opponent so if talking about this whole scenario what 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 um, what's the first thing that comes to mind when, when you talk about multiple attackers? Like, um, is it is it um, how how would you fight them off? How would you prepare for it? How would you be aware? What's what's the what do you deal with people who train with you when you talk about multiple attackers? Well, first of all, it's important to understand that most fights they're not a one-on-one -on -one situation, mm -hmm. right? Um, People have what's called uh, like a pack mentality. Ever heard of that? Tribal mentality, pack mentality. Mm -hmm. It means they get their their they get their strength from the group. So if he, you know those kind of people, if he was by himself, he would probably do nothing. But they get their you know one at a time. They're kind of they're even they're even nice people. But if you uh, they come together as a group, they're a little bit uh, problematic. You know, so I mean, they help each other up. Yeah, they get the, mm. they get like the, the exactly they get their energy from the pack. Mm -hmm. And multiple opponents is a big, uh, a big problem, a challenge, and um, it's a common thing in in violence. Multiple opponents or a lynch mob or you know so more people. Uh, yeah, it's something that has to be uh, trained for and dealt with, and talked about. Because it happens a lot. So, mm -hmm. let's say even if you're a world-class wrestler, world-class grappler, you can't fight more than two people on the ground at once. More than one person, actually, on the ground at once. Uh, so, we spoke about a couple of episodes ago. <clears throat> we spoke about one of the what's the difference between a combat instructor and then a coach, like an MMA coach. Mm -hmm. So, that's one of the main differences um, combat instructor has to find solutions for these sort of challenges as well. Knife attacks, um, enemy, the enemies are some kind of drug, so he doesn't feel any pain, doesn't have any fear. Um, multiple opponents is another example that you have to deal with um, in the real world, so to speak. And you're not going to have to deal with as an MMA coach that, that that crosses your mind at all. So you could be really good at uh, boxing and 
and uh, clinch work and your ground game could be amazing. But that still doesn't prepare you 100% for what might happen uh, in the street. You know, you might be jumped by five people. Of course, the more trained you are in full contact or MMA, for example, the better off you'd be because you're tougher guys to beat and you're, you can move your feet, uh, your legs pretty, pretty quick. But if you don't know the principles behind it, you don't know what to do and what not to do, you might find yourself in a lot of trouble, especially if you think you're a badass because you train. Mm-hmm. So you you don't, you don't know it's that it's time to run, time to beat it, you know? <laughs> time to put your ego aside and get the hell out of there before it's too late. And that's the trap, thinking because you can deal with one opponent that you can deal with multiple opponents. Also, you know, in the ring, in the cage, people look at your title and they give you respect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has four four wins and one loss or... He's top five, he's top ten, he's a world champion. So people give you a title, and usually if you look at a lot of fights, there's a lot of kind of, in the beginning, there's a feeling out period where you're not really, you know, defining their distance, mm-hmm. giving each other some respect. Not all fights have that, but a lot do. In the street, you never have that, uh, especially that with multiple opponents. They give you no respect. Now, when a person doesn't give you respect, you know, it's dangerous, Right? Uh, it doesn't look at your uh, your title or your shoulders, you know. He looks, uh, he just uh, t- takes out his knife and starts stabbing you. He doesn't give a shit who you are, you know. And uh, that could put you in a big, uh, big problem. So especially <clears throat> with um, situations where you, um, when it's in a cage, there is a, there's a competition going on. There's this idea of, <clears throat> you show your craftsmanship with fighting, how you improved um, the the way that you learned how to perform certain... It, it's like there's this certain set of, not rules, but like tools you can use and how well you can use them makes you the better or uh, the lesser fighter. But the idea there is not to kill the other person. It's more or less to... There's this period where they test each other out to, to read the rhythm, There's especially with boxing, even, for instance. Even... Even sometimes a guy across the cage wants to take your head off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. He wants to knock you. He wants. To, he's trying to kill you. Maybe. Even then, um, it's still you're still lacking in your training, as far as knife, as far as multiple opponents. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Everybody knows that I I, I love uh, MMA and wrestling and all that. And it's big, big, big part of ICCS. But that's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough because you don't have the principles and the mindset of fighting multiple opponents, scenario training, situational awareness, knife, uh, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So you always assume, as with the knife, where you said, okay, there might be a knife involved all the time with multiple opponents, you go a step further and and, and, and say there's probably or most likely more people involved, right? Uh, in many cases, yes. In many mm-hmm. cases, yes, because a person... He's never going to start a fight thinking he's going to lose. So mm-hmm. if he's a really big guy, he might, you know, and you're kind of smaller, he might pick a fight with you. Especially if you look at the guy, he's not really big. So two options. I mean, he, he either has a weapon. Or, which is not good. Or three, <laughs> three, three, three options. He either has a weapon or he's crazy, which is also turns him into a weapon. Or he has friends around the, around the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, that happens a lot. When one guy comes, he tries to lure you in. Um... 
it used to be common where people like in New York will play basketball, for example. And uh, when one little one kid would come and start bothering you, like disturbing you, knocking into you, or whatever, and after a few minutes, you kind of get sick of it. You the person would push him away, you know, get out, get the hell out of here, or give him a slap in the back of his head. And out of nowhere, 20, 30 grown men would come out. What are you touching that kid for? And the whole thing starts, the whole fight. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a trick to lure you into into a, a bigger problem. Uh, there was a security guard I used to uh, I used to teach this uh, specific company, and uh, one one of the days there was a guy who was in his post, and um, uh, a twelve year old kid uh, walked over to his post and uh, started throwing rocks into his post, you know, mm-hmm. cursing at him, throwing rocks. So at the beginning he was like uh, inside his post, can I get you know was yelling at the kid, get out of here. What can he really do? It's just a kid, you know, you know, stop, you know, get out of here, whatever. After a few minutes, he gets a little upset. He came out of the post. He actually walked out, which is something you're not supposed to do. Uh, he walked out, like to kind of push the kid away. And around the corner, there was about 30 men with baseball bats just waiting for him to walk out. You know, and if he wasn't, um, if he wasn't armed, and if he, uh, if, he was, if he didn't act quick, he would have been dead that day. He did get injured, but uh, he was okay. Mm-hmm. That's a, another exa- example of something that can happen is you see one guy, but the fact that you see one guy doesn't mean he's by himself. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the suspicious thing. If you have a hunch, if you have a bad feeling about something like this, just back off. There's hunch, no reason yeah. for your ego to be defended or for for it to be damaged. Yeah, the first thing doesn't you try mean. to do with multiple opponents is de-escalate the situation, talk your way out of it, try not to fight, obviously. Mm. Yeah, but also with one person because it could turn into that situation. Turn into that or turn into a knife attack. Mm-hmm. Both uh, situations are, are are pretty bad. Yeah. So I think um, with with the um, with the idea of one person can also turn into a certain scenario where if 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 you're so keen on this idea of I can take this one person um, and it can tilt at any time it can it can just go to shit and there's five six seven twelve people involved in the situation or just as you said 25 grown men <laughs> protecting that one uh, uh, little dude um the the issue with that is as well to to have this awareness of the situation that surrounds you so um it's not about being able to fight or to fend off uh, 12 men The idea is to to be able to not even get into that sort of situation. Try to avoid it if you could, of course. You can't you can't win like two or three people. It's not going to happen. You have to understand that's not gonna, if you're by yourself, it's not about to happen. Mm-hmm. You have to try to minimize the damage and then try to get out of there as fast as you could. But um, unless you're uh, something very very special, you know, beating more than two people, I mean, that's going to be a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. So you think in general this idea of being able to fend off multiple attackers should be revisited as something that is very... Oh, there's so much bullshit when it comes to... I think I said last episode you have the knife, which is a lot of nonsense. You know, people do, and then there's gun disarming because it's so sexy. People like that. Even though they don't even have, most of them can't even shoot, you know? Mm-hmm. And then another thing is you see all these scenarios where, you know, they're fighting multiple opponents, so... Let's say I stand here, and one stands to my right, one stands to my left, and my back is against the wall, so now I'm going to strike both of them at the same time with the <laughs> windpipe, and I kick one in the groin. 
gouge them in the eyes. Yeah, all you're doing is, man, you're choreographing a movie. So if you're making a movie, you, you know, want to look good, sure, but that has nothing to do with what's about to happen in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how would you then approach the topic of multiple opponents? If you if you say, okay, there's no cool move to be learned, like do the do the Kung Fu Cobra and everything is good, what approach would you take to well, teaching people all, about multiple opponents? First of all, I work with opponents? principles, right? So I give the principles, of how, what do you do and what you don't do when you're fighting multiple opponents. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for example... Um, Okay, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to search for an exit. Three, two, three, four people walk up to you. The first thing you do is search for an exit where you could get the hell out of there as fast as you could. Okay, so search for a door or search for a way out if you're outside in the street. That's the first thing. I'm, and, then, and then I'm starting to move towards that exit. Okay? And if there's no exit... Second thing I search for is potential weapons. If you don't have any weapon on you, the second thing I search for is potential weapons. And I'm going to, if I can't circle towards an exit, I'm going to start to move my body towards that potential weapon. It could be, I mean, you know, use your imagination. It could be a chair. It could be a stick you see somewhere. A pipe or something. Pipe, yeah. pipe, yeah. <clears throat> Endless things you could use. I'm start. Because... It's about to go down, and I'm about to get hurt, and I need to minimize damage. I'm, I need, I'm going to need to be very aggressive very, very quickly. So the idea is, as with um, the knives, where you said that aggression can make up for the disadvantage you have because someone has a weapon, that's kind of like an equalizer, the, the yeah. aggression, but you could also have like an object that could be an equalizer, where you Aggre say, okay... Ag aggression always covers for the absence of technique. Mm -hmm. And also with this situation where you have this advantage of multiple people against the maybe advantage of a weapon that you improvise, well, then it's about looking no, for... Not really. I, mean, I don't think it's going to help you too much. Mm -hmm. Again, depending on how many... If it's two people, it might, but, you know, three, four, five, you're starting to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. But just like we spoke about last episode, we got the knife. If your only option left is to fight, then fight hard. And uh, that increases your chance of survival. You know, minimize the damage to yourself, maximize the damage to your enemy, but do the last thing he expects, attack him, force him to defend himself, force him out of his comfort zone, and don't forget, if you're dead anyway, anything you do from that point on is a bonus. Mm -hmm. Same principles as knife. You remember those? Same idea. But again, the first thing you try to do, the first thing I would try to do is circle towards an exit okay no exit look for a weapon mm -hmm. no weapon and no exit I start walking towards the person who I think is the weakest point in the group why? because I don't want to get stuck on anybody if I go straight straight for the biggest guy you're going to get stuck on him for more than one second they're going to attack from all sides I need to have the ability to move and strike really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go to the weakest person where I can continue moving as fast as I could. Does that make sense? Things that you never do, or at least try never, never to do, never go to the guy in the middle. Let's say there's three guys. One standing in the middle, then one to his right, one to his left. And there are, I've seen a lot of cases where 
the specific problem started with the guy in the middle. Let's say you, you were working on a, on a door or something, you kicked him out, he comes back with friends. Mm-hmm. He comes back with friends, it's very natural for him to stand in the middle. Then you see him coming again, you get all upset, you walk right up to him, you walk into a trap. You know, don't take it personal. You, ha- you no longer have a problem just with him. If he brought friends, you have a problem now with everybody. With all his friends and not just him. So okay, if you walk into the middle, you're going to get stuck when the sides will attack you from both sides at the same time. You're going to get stuck. You're going to get taken down. You're going to get your head kicked in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I never, never go to the guy in the middle if you could avoid it. Next thing you never do is never walk backwards if you could avoid it too. Because if you're walking in a straight line back and they're moving in a straight line forward, you're just creating a funnel towards yourself. Eventually, they're going to all reach you at the same time, right? Escaping in a straight line is never really a smart thing to do. Even with one opponent? Even one opponent, even with, with, with many scenarios, right? I mean, you against a knife. If you go, the guy with a knife, for example, he has tunnel vision, right? He sees you dead. That's all he sees, all he cares about. And then you moving backwards, he's just moving forward. But if you want to dis... Um, if you want to disconnect, let's say, to get your gun or something like that, if you're cutting angles, he has to pick up his head and try to look for you again for half a second. Mm-hmm. That's a very long time in a fight, right? Going back to multiple opponents, if you're moving backwards and they as a group are moving forward, you're creating a funnel. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can run away, so run away. That's why you're searching for the exit. But if you can't run away, you're about to prepare to fight. I'm not working backwards. What you want to do is, like I said, circle towards where you think it's going to be easier for you and not going to get stuck. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I'm circling, walking sideways, I'm causing them to kind of bother each other, be yeah. in each other's way. But this is, so, again, a principle. This is not like a technique. Like walk to the is, side. Yeah, yeah it's just practice. Time on the mat. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into the actual training in, mm-hmm. in a few minutes. We'll talk about that. But right now, just the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. So there's what not to do and then what to do. So what not to do, uh, or, or right, you don't go to the guy in the middle, you don't walk backwards, you try not to kick. Because it might get Because instinct. you're going to slip or you're going to get your head, your leg caught and you're going to fall. Plus you want to be on the move all the time and kicking and moving is a very, very difficult thing to do. But punching and moving is relatively easy if you train your, your, your boxing. That's why we have so much... You know, ICC street boxing, we do all that, all that all the time because, you, especially with multiple opponents, you need fast hands is all you basically have. Not okay. Kidding, would you say knees are a bad idea? Knees well? sometimes can be okay, you know, mm-hmm. on, the, on the move when you, you know, just grab for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying never kick or never knee. But try to avoid but it. try to move as fast. If you move it as much as you can, if you be trying to move, you see it for yourself. You're not going to be so successful with kicks no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, that, that's all the list of what not to do. And then, like I said, the first thing I was, I'm looking for is an exit. Why? I don't want to stay and fight more than one person because your chances of winning are very, very low. And for all the BJJ guys out there, never go to the ground if there's multiple opponents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, it goes without saying, I would think. Yeah, <laughs> right? I just wanted to throw that in you there. You think you're a world champion or whatever, BJJ, okay. You could grapple one person at a time. Right, so you go. I had um, a friend actually, who uh, was protecting this um, this building. Uh, he's a tough guy. He's um, he's a BJJ black belt. 
and he's a very good overall rounded fighter. I mean, he has great stand up. Mm -hmm. He's he likes to fight too. So he's a he's a real athlete. And he's a tough guy, right? Obviously, because he does all his full contact. But I used to tell him many times, listen, you know, where you're working now, there's going to be a bunch of people jumping you, so try not to go down to the ground, try to keep it standing, try to keep it moving, etc., etc. Sure enough, on a Friday night, the building is attacked. So what does my friend do? A double leg? Was it like a club? Or was it, it like, was a, a, like a... Um, sort of like a, the building, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a club, pretty much. So, so it's like p people partying and... Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, something like that. Well, sure enough, um, the place gets attacked by basically a mob of people. He comes out. I mean, he was by the door. He's a tough guy. He a bunch of friends with him. We're all tough guys. And uh, they start fighting back. What did he do? He went for a double leg on a guy. Perfect double leg. He picked him up. He smashed him down, which would have been okay. But then he mounted him, started grounding pound. So he's on the mount, and for about seven seconds, he was punching the guy in the face. I'm sure uh, he, the guy didn't get up so quickly, but one of his friends came from the side, kicked him in the head really, really hard. He had, like, steel toe shoes, you know, one of those Timberlands or something. Mm. He broke four of his front teeth. I think he broke his jaw in, like, two places. I mean, he, he got real, real damage to his face. From, this one from one big like penalty kick. kick and then he, he was kicked again afterwards he never saw it coming you know when you don't see a strike coming then it's the worst mm. you know boom out of nowhere that knocked you out yeah yeah out of nowhere like that big surprise so this example you know the guy is really good but you don't do that you don't go to down to the ground and more than one person now if you go down to the ground the only thing you can control is the guy in the ground right but you can't control what's going on around you so that can be a big problem. Okay, that's why um, grappling has its limits. And one of, the, one of the biggest limits it has is multiple opponents. And multiple opponents is a common thing in the street. Whether you like it or not, whether you admit it or not, it's the truth. It's just a fact. So you gotta, you got to be ready for that as well. So for just as just technique-wise, I think the, the most effective thing for multiple opponents would be boxing, right? Would be boxing. So what boxing. we do... As far as the technique, after people start understanding the principles, I usually do it in a couple of different stages. Mm -hmm. You don't do scenarios. That's a nonsense because it's endless scenarios that you can be doing. And you just want to, doing that, just you, you're kind of living like you're making a movie for Hollywood. So yeah, you got to go hands-on. You got to go hard. You got you to do a real. The first drill I do is no contact drill. It's just to understand the leg work. That means I have groups of three. Two people against one person. And what the two people are trying to do, basically, is try to catch him in between both of them, in the middle. And the uh, third person is just trying to circle all the time to make... Just take what? Basically keeping one in front of him all the time. Mm -hmm. So the first part of the technique is the, the understanding the legwork. That's why, you know, multiple opponents in I, I, ICCS, I believe it's in level four. Not because, uh, I mean, you can't do it before, but when you... At level four, at ICCS, the student is training for at least five to six years. So after that, I mean, he has leg work. He has boxing skills. So he understands how to move. Okay? That's important. So the first thing, first drill we'll do, is just understanding the leg motion. So moving mm -hmm. the legs. Once we got that down, 
do the same drill, but the two people who are trying to catch you in the middle are holding uh, tombstones, like big pads. Mm -hmm. Like kick pads. Kick pads, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then do the same drill, but this time they try to catch you in the middle while they're holding the pads, and you could actually move and strike. So you're practicing how to move and strike at the same time, which slows you down a little bit at first. It's a very important part of the drill. Once we get that going, the third part is everybody puts on their boxing gloves, and we do the same drill, but they're actually hitting you, and you're actually hitting them, but just to the body. So we're not trying to... Because you go hard like that, you start creating knockouts really quickly. Mm. So, so very light, so like 10%. Yeah, just to understand that, you know, moving and hitting at the same time. Mm -hmm. Once they're done with that, what I'll do is actually put helmets on, and I'm going to go, okay, now we're going to actually go for it. So two people are trying to smash you. And then you're trying to smash them back, and I do. I keep it short, you know. Helmets and vests? Uh, sometimes vests, sometimes no vests. But helmets all the time. And uh, keep it short. So, like, go get them, you know. And then you got to move and hit, move and hit, move and hit. And you realize really quickly when you do a drill like that, when it's 100, when you go, like, full force, you realize really quickly that all you can have is your boxing skills. So, you know, fast punches. Mm. And you realize really quickly that there is you cannot be number two. Right? In many cases, like in the ring of sports, people like to be number two. So they'll wait, the guy attacks, they counter, attacks, they counter. You can't counter attack more than one person. <laughs> right? Think about that as well. So if your style is to counter attack, it's not the correct style for a street fight. You gotta go forward, you gotta be number one all the time. So any person in punching distance from you is gonna get it on the spot. Right because away. as far as long as you punch one person, you only have one other person to worry about. You it, move it's and hit the... and keep them in front of each other. Mm. This drill, when we go full force, is about 10 seconds each time. Why? Because it's more realistic that way anyway. Because in more than 10 seconds, you're going to lose. You gotta get, you're hitting them so you can get to that exit. Mm -hmm. Okay? And second is to prevent injuries. Because if you go more than too long with this drill, someone's going to get knocked out. So that's basically how I would build... The whole aspect of multiple opponents. First, you speak about the, the, the principles, like I said, what to do, what not to do, right? Mm -hmm. Afterwards, you start slowly, just the leg work. Afterwards, just the leg work with some striking on the on the on the kick pads. Afterwards, slow sparring, light sparring, just to understand a little bit more. Once they're good enough, let's do it full force, over and over and over again, <clears throat> but short, ten second rounds. Mm -hmm. But over and over and over again, I mean, it gets really tiring. It gets really tiring. But uh, that is a great uh, it's a great drill. I do a multiple opponents drill, by the way, with my MMA fighters as well. When they're in a fight camp, getting ready for a fight. Why? It just gets you aggressive, you know. It gets you, like, in the mood to fight. Also, it gets you kind of used to being overwhelmed. So it's fighting like, yeah. one opponent is, is going to be more yeah. comfortable then. It's not about the technique right there. It's just about, you know, the personality, the mindset, and the principles. Yeah. Now, the more you're skilled in, in striking, that that should mean the, you, the more you're skilled with moving your legs fast and understanding distance and having fast hands, the easier the subject of multiple opponents is going to be to you. <laughs> But if all you did is, you know, go to some crowd class and the instructor showed you, okay, let's do this. Let's Let's play. Actually, that's what we're doing. Let's play this game. You're the good guy, like kids do that, you know what I mean? And we're the bad guys, and you're on your knees, and I have a gun to your back. Dude, you're screwed. It's over, you know? Okay, let's do, uh, okay, you're by the corner, and uh, 
And how do you, you know, and, and I'm this way and he's that way. Okay, I mean, come on. If you're in the corner, but if you've been in the corner so many times in sparring, you know how to shift, you know, your legs, your front leg, you know, you know how to roll and shift or slip and shift and you're out of there. You you're just not going to stay there, yeah. Exactly, you're not going to stay there, you know, exactly. And um, it's just a lot of bullshit. It's a lot of bullshit. Also, I think that, that a big issue with training this way is you're used to being in compromised situations so maybe you're not even going to prevent them in a fight because you know from there i know what to do the big issue is with if someone tries to lift you that's something that i've seen with a lo lot of calf courses yeah if you're someone right. knows what they're doing and they're trying to It'll lift you smash you down yeah it's too late. you can't give any ground yeah. you cannot give any ground if you have to stay and fight especially with multiple opponents do yourself a favor and stay and actually fight losing is not an option Hmm. You cannot give an inch to anybody. That's another problem you'll have with jiu-jitsu, right? Jiu-jitsu, as great as it is, you know, it is a great tool, but it's not enough. And one of the problems, we could talk for the hours about this, but one of the main problems is jiu-jitsu players are used to giving up a position willingly. Willingly. Okay, uh, you got top position, I got bottom position. You know, slap, clap, let's, let's work. That's a very dangerous thing to do, um, not only in MMA, right, but in a street fight, of course. True. It's not okay that you're on your back. You have to realize that. It's not okay. You can't stay there and, you know, look for uh, some submission or getting your position. You got to get up and you got to get the hell out mm -hmm. as fast as you could. And one of the dangers of doing just grappling is that you have a, a bad habit of letting people get a dominant position or, or getting a top position, even though you think, okay, yeah, because I have a good half guard or good, a good guard, or, you know, rubber guard, or whatever. I'm so, that's not going to work against more than one person. And it, hell, it might not even work against one person if it's punching you in the face really hard. Yeah, also it was weird. The first time that I did uh, an MMA sparring session, because I was used to grappling, the weird thing was... I was in, in top position and then I could punch him. And the, 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 the weird thing was the first time um, realizing, oh, this is not just limited to, to grappling. We're not just limited to this one thing. And with street fighting, that's, that's a thing that you should always be aware of. Like even stuff like if, you, if you're close, bite someone or, or these things where, where it's like you don't think about these things in, in uh, a martial arts context. You see that a lot. Uh, um, if I you're not Michael, Mike Tyson. I see that a lot <laughs> with um, guys who've done jiu-jitsu for some years and they come to my school and they want to do MMA. Mm -hmm. You see that a lot when like, they're okay, they're, even when we're just grappling, so they, they get taken down or they sit on their butt and then the guy just stands up again. They're like, what are you doing? You know, mm -hmm. what, why you stand? They're not used to that, you know? And that puts them in a problem because there is no agreement with uh, uh, there's no agreement about okay you got top I got bottom it's just I'm dominating no matter what all the time that should be uh, you know that that should be something important in MMA of course but mostly for survival no matter what I I have the best position all the time all the time I'm, I'm winning I don't give you an inch mm -hmm. yeah. and I think that's the main. Or that's a main concern for me if you train people to fight in the street versus to fight in a cage. Because people in the street, um, if there's a conflict there, it's always going to be this beat down mentality. 
it's always going to be there's no rules there's no and so even without weapons even without multiple attackers the 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 issue is always it's dirty fighting there's no there's no rules to it there's no concept of there's no agreement on these are the rules you're not gonna destroy a, 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 a joint if you have a lock or something which you could say is is kind of uh, thrown, uh, frowned upon in, in grappling if it's not a tournament but all of these things they 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 don't count if it's a street fight and i think that's important um and that's how how it's different and th this is how um you need to be aware of the difference of uh, competition and uh, a scenario a scenario where you fight even you a single to, opponent in a street you have to do both of course mm -hmm. i cannot emphasize en enough how important it, it is to do grappling and to do wrestling mm -hmm. as much as you can. It's going to help you more than you can imagine with a knife in, in any scenario. But if doing just that is not enough. Mm -hmm. It's not enough at all. We've talked about the idea of um, not defending oneself but attacking the others. Now with multiple opponents, you kind of said... Or let's first of all let's clear up this misconception. Um, if you take one of the MMA Jerusalem fighters, one of the fighters in your gym in Jerusalem, um, and you you do these drills, how many opponents do they have to deal with usually? With the multiple opponent drills? Yeah, two or three. Two or three. Okay. How do they manage? Well, Those well, are well qualified fighters. How do they manage? They get their ass kicked. And that's that's I think the most. But they important minimize table. the damage. Understand? They minimize the damage. That means because they're they're doing it for a while, they know what to do. Mm -hmm. But uh, thinking you could beat two or three people just because you do MMA, you got a little bit of an ego problem. You know, not to mention weapons. Things are getting thrown at you. I'm not saying uh, uh, if you do. Um, Krav, you could beat more than one person. Uh, quite the opposite. You can't. Um, but if you do it correctly and you mix, that's why we call it, you know, ICCS MMA for the street. But if you mix your MMA skills with word development drills and with the right mentality, the right mindset, then you'll be able to minimize damage far more effectively than if you just do MMA. Mm -hmm. If you just do self-defense, whatever system, honestly, basically, I mean, you can't do anything. Anything. You can't strike. You can't grapple. With one opponent. You can't do anything. Yeah, you're, you're going to get your ass, your ass um, handed to you on a silver platter. If you do full contacts, I mean, you're... Yes, you're dangerous one against one, you know, sometimes two against one, depending who you're fighting, you know, you're a tough guy. But uh, if someone's really trying to kill you, and there's knives involved and crazy violence, yeah, you're lacking. It has to be, it has to be a combination of both. I think that's a weird effect that uh, the entertainment industry kind of has on the view on violence that most people have, because you see these things like, Either these movies where there's like 50 ninjas and one of them attacks at a time and it's like it's never like that. And also I've seen people, I think 
I think that's a Jack Reacher thing where they where they read the books and he's like, yeah, first I take out the the leader of the group and then everyone else scatters. And all these things are, I think it's important to to get this out of the of the zeitgeist of the people that 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 people don't feel like there's a there's this much of a chance that there's a, they 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 have a reality check with this, and especially with these people. I mean, I've sparred with one or two of those guys, those those fighters we were talking about, that's not just like entry-level fighters. Those are not just some dudes who kind of do MMA sometimes. Those are really qualified fighters. And if you say you put them with two or three guys, they get their ass handed to them, but they want to minimize the damage. It's two or three tough guys, of course. Right? Yeah. But then it's important to say, okay, or to get this this correctly, um, multiple opponents is not something where you just understand this one thing and then you can kick everybody's it's ass time on the mat is experience it's training over and over and over again mm. and the more opponents the the less chance you stand this uh, after uh, yeah three opponents four uh, you, you you start to be in real trouble it's a, it's a lynch mob you know you're about to get lynched mm -hmm. it is what it is you know and then there's another topic which is similar to that is you know uh, you know getting attacked while driving in your car Mm -hmm. And then you get you know lynched, and that happened um, in the U.S. Remember, it was last summer. Or I don't remember anymore, but the riots in the summer, mm -hmm. people were getting attacked in their cars, you know, just because you're driving down the wrong neighborhood, and it happens in a lot of areas. In Israel, it's, it can happen uh, as well. You know, driving uh, the wrong area, you're going to get attacked. I mean, it's just it's tens of people with rocks. Mm. What what you gonna do with your MMA? What you're planning on doing with with your wrestling, you know? But if you have situational awareness, and if you've done warrior development drills, you can keep your cool and work with principles and try to escape, try to get out of there, you know? Try to um, you know what what to do and what not to do to try to minimize the damage, mm -hmm. right? For example, uh, with the car. You know, if I could avoid stopping the car, I would never stop the car. Because what they try to do is stop you on the tracks, okay? Once you stop, then they jump on your car and they'll pull you out. Uh, then you're in a big problem. Mm -hmm. But people have to realize the car can be used as a weapon. I mean, that's, I don't know how many kilos of, 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 of metal Right, so if you can't drive forward, drive backwards, drive side to side, but don't stop your car if you could avoid it. And there's many things. Maybe we could do another episode just on driving. You know? Just on driving. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be interesting because that's something where I'm completely new to. <laughs> driving defensively. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or offensively. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think also with... Do you think with... Um, If there's a confrontation, just like outside of a club, as, as you as you said earlier, or it doesn't really matter with what the situation is, as long as it's not just someone pops up and it's just a lynch mob, as you said, which is a very a very out there situation. But let's say like an everyday... A lynch mob, uh, for example, I will stop you for a second. Mm -hmm. You know how, much that, that, how many times that happens in soccer games? Yeah, that's... Yeah. Okay, but you think that's, that's not a lynch mob? You're wearing the wrong color shirt and the wrong side of the stadium, you're screwed. Yeah. In, in, in a lot of places. I mean, that's a crazy violence. Mm -hmm. That's a good example for a lynch mob. Yeah. You know? 
And uh, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not. I'm not typically the kind of guy who goes to stadiums. Neither so, am I. Yeah, but but that's not something I, I would follow. I, I was in the NBA, but that was years ago. <laughs> are basketball uh, fans are they as violent as? <laughs> is there lynch mob at those games? Not really. <laughs> It's a more peaceful sport. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, that's that's a good point. Also, with um, certain, it just depends. But um, with certain. Um, with certain holidays, if there's parades and stuff, people are drunk, people are in the streets. Uh, I've I've noticed this happen as well. Like um, uh, especially when you when you like certain parts of the of the city are just closed down because of New Year's, because of whatever it is, and people move around. They're drunk. Something just fires off, and then there's groups. There's, and you know, there's play, I mean, look what happens in in France. Uh, sometimes you know, even this last. Uh, Uh, World Series in soccer. Mm -hmm. One team wins, there's mobs outside. One team loses, there's mobs outside. No matter what, there's going to be a violence. Mm -hmm. You know, people get together as a group and they start going crazy. And, and let's say you walk down that wrong neighborhood, you're just going home, you get attacked. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it is what it is, you know. So, uh, you get attacked, 20, 30 people. I mean, your jiu-jitsu is not about to help you, is it? <laughs> what, what only thing will help you is, is really uh, situational awareness and 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 understand having a tactical mindset, getting out before yeah, understanding yeah. That, what, yeah exactly, and aggression, and especially for the um, let's say or let's take this idea of of mobs, but now there's multiple um, multiple groups involved. Like if you if you say for instance. Let's let's put let's say New Year's. There's one group. There's another group. A fight breaks out, and just by chance you're there. I think then the whole situation changes because you're not the only target of this get group escalation. Out, get the hell out of there! It's not your business. Get just get out of there. Just as much physical distance. Just leave. Yeah, and then that's a whole other topic because that's the topic of what's called crowd passing. Mm -hmm. And there's techniques to pass a crowd faster. You know, we mm -hmm. teach that uh, with first responders. Because sometimes there'll be people running and you have to run through a crowd mm -hmm. to get to the bad guy. You can't run around the crowd, you know. Let's say you're standing and there's a crowd of 100 people in front of you and there's a bad guy in front of them shooting at them. So there's two options. One, people will say, okay, you run around the crowd. And people say, run in the crowd. What's one do you think is faster? Around, you might lose the guy as well. You can't run around the crowd because the crowd moves all the time. Yeah, There's no yeah. around the crowd. They keep, they're going to be moving and running all over the place. So the only way, is the fastest way is between, you know, in the crowd. So there's ways of doing it with your body position, you know, with with all that. But that's a, that's an interesting uh, subject. For crowd passing. For another episode, you mean? Uh, <laughs> Perhaps. Maybe half, <laughs> half a little episode, teaser. Maybe. <laughs> But so the, the main idea is If you're the the main target of a mob situation, then you need to get out as as fast as possible. If there's multiple people, great. There's more distraction for you to get out. That's the idea, right? If there's multiple people who are getting attacked, and you're part of the group that's getting attacked. Mm -hmm. Either get out or help the group. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But if it's none of your business, it's sleep. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you said, you don't like soccer. I mean, so whatever, just leave. But if uh, and uh, I mean, there's cases uh, where I've seen a. Uh, quite a few of them that a car gets attacked by a lynch mob and there's a family in the car there's children mm -hmm. there's a wife mm -hmm. you can't just get out you know it's a that's a challenging situation to put you'll be put into 
Also, I think uh, we should talk about one or two of, we, we already spoke about suspicious behavior, but especially for giveaways for uh, a group being present or a group threat. And I think one of them would be this idea of the hidden connection you yes, talked about. Yes, right? 100%. Hidden connection could be because they're trying to lure you into an alley mm -hmm. where they know you can't escape. Uh, into so worse in your position. Into their neighborhood, into mm -hmm. their area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, hidden connection can also be, of course, uh, for kidnapping, for mugging and for rape, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, hidden connection is is a, a big indicator for multiple opponents because for sure you have at least two <laughs> if there's hidden connection, right? For sure, at least two, uh, maybe more. So, and I've, I, I think you said for hidden connection, you said if you just, if you recognize people linking this way, it's always trouble. It doesn't have to be directed your, your way, but if people... Um, know each other, but they act like they don't. There's always bad intent. Yeah, it's not. It's not because they want to give balloons. Well, maybe they want to. Do, maybe it could be a surprise birthday party. <laughs> okay, know. but maybe you don't like surprise birthday parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but the idea is always. It doesn't look good. It's but you just yeah. if you see it, it's 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 trouble. It's not good. Okay, yeah, yeah. and um, that is something um, when when you do these scenario trainings when you when you train you, you you don't or especially with multiple attackers you don't focus on scenarios right you just go for the physical part it's just the beat down right we have scenario training which um, you know I gave an example last episode with the knife mm -hmm. one of the scenarios could be uh, you know you come in with your friend and you get attacked by 10 people what do you do and the scenario is exactly 12 seconds and they say okay what happened and We got attacked, we had a conversation. But that's usually, I do that to teach people uh, the right um, the right structure when you're more than one person. Let's say you're two against ten or five against fifteen. How to stand as a group mm -hmm. to help uh, uh, minimize damage and to maximize damage for them. But as far as multiple opponents, it's the principles that we spoke about in length before. I mean, what to do, what not to do. And afterwards, the drills that I, I gave you before. You know, leg work and then leg work with hitting the, uh, the kick pads and then light sparring with multiple opponents and then full contact, which could be done with the warrior, the warrior vests. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it could also be done without. But And then once you get to that level, you do that all the time. Like, uh, you know, two-on-one sparring. We do that quite often. Two-on-one sparring is also a very good way to get your cardio up. You know, mm -hmm. It's tiring. You have to move more, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, can't, you, can't, you can't just stay static. You got to be moving. So it's also a good way to get the leg work going. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you want to add something? Do you want to wrap this up? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, You're good. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, I, I think we. This is the, the 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 issue with this. There's no. There's no. Like. It's just, it's there's just, no easy it's way train, around this. Train the right way. Mm -hmm. You know, and and don't think that your style is the only style and the best style. And respect the opponent, which and is also yeah. and and okay. So you do MMA. Great, but you know. That's great, and it's a big percentage of what you need, but it's not enough, mm. you know? So I would say mix between full contact, so boxing, wrestling, groundwork, but you have to have the word development drills, mm -hmm. and you have to have the, uh, the, the principles, the mindset, and you have to have um, that street smartness as well. It has to be mixed together. If not, you're lacking either way. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's important to, to remember. I think yeah. that's a good wrap-up. 
Yeah, that's a good wrap up. Yeah. Shall we? Thank you. Thank you, Jan. And talk to you guys next week. Bye bye. Ciao.